Hello and welcome to Love the Agent, your new favorite podcast on all things real estate. Now introducing your host, Alexandria Bolton, and her new co-host, Catherine Claire Ninus. Alex is the principal broker of Hippo House, LLC. You can find out more at lovetheagent.com. I'm excited to talk with you today about land. Me too. And it's my Friday, so that makes it even better. Ooh, I love that. I feel like every day is my Friday. (laughs) What's your secret? That's a good life. (laughs) Working for yourself. Mm. Mm -hmm. Let's help others achieve that. So what are we talking about today? Today, we're going to talk about land. And I know that that seems really mundane, but to me, I feel like it's the most basic building block when it comes to buying or selling property, which, you know, um, by definition, property is land. I mean, there's so many things you can do with land. And in America, it's amazing because the Fifth Amendment preserves our right to own land. And it says, nor be depraved of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. So that's our Fifth Amendment, which is really important because there um, are some places where the government, you never actually own the property and the government can always come in and what they do is they call on their lease and they call on you to vacate the land so that they can, you know, take back the property as the true landlord, the owner of the property. Um, And I say it like that, like a goofball, because, you know, that's where the term came from. And that is, you know, the owner of the land. So it's pretty interesting perspective to look at things like that. You know, it's it's truly a privilege to be a landlord in our country. I love the quote. Um, I think it's attributed to Mark Twain, but he says, buy land. They're not making any more of it. Yes. It's so true. And it reminds me of um, one of my favorite movies from the 90s, Far and Away, with Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman, where they leave Ireland and come to America and they do a land rush. And they have to go out there and they're trying to literally chase down the parcel of land that they want and to stake it and make their claim. And that's something you just can't do anymore. So why is buying land, other than it being a really unique American right that we have, um, what are the upsides of buying land? Is there any disadvantage to owning land? Or is it all upside? I mean, should I go out right now and buy up whatever little plot I can find? Good question. (laughs) Um, There is definitely a responsibility that comes with owning land that is not to be overseen. You know, it's really important that you have the ability to take care of the land that you purchase. Otherwise, yes, there are ways that it can come and bite you in the rear and you can lose the land that you have purchased at a previous time. Um, Examples of that would be, as we mentioned previously, like something as simple as cutting your grass If you don't cut your grass, the city can go around and usually it can happen from the neighbors calling in to report you. Um, And it's their way of, you know, it's like it's not necessarily a bad thing if somebody passed away, for example, and nobody knew that and their yard just kept getting overgrown and it took their neighbor calling in to say, hey, the grass hasn't been cut. And then the city goes over there and, you know, inspects the property and leaves a note on the door and maybe they knock on the door. So there's. 
reasons that all of these things are in effect. But yeah, something as simple as not cutting your grass or not repairing something that appears to be a damage or a safety concern to the neighborhood is another thing that the city can find you on. Trash removal, um, hazardous conditions, tree removal. Do these same types of restrictions apply if you go and buy an unincorporated Pitkin County or what have you? Um, that each county has their own assessor, commissioner. You know, it's done by county. If there is a city that can also take precedent over the county, uh, but typically it's done by county. So yeah, absolutely, it matters. And the difference can be that sometimes when you're dealing with a more rural county, <laughs> sorry if I say that weird. It's a it's a hard word to say. It is a hard word to say. Um, then it can be, you know, easier and or more difficult. It really just depends on what you're doing. But you, a lot of it is bureaucratic. So, you know, for a zoning change, for example, if I want to turn this into commercial and put a gas station there, that can be a really bureaucratic process in order to get the neighbors to get on board with it. And, you know, that's where you see a representation of, people's opinions that are supposed to be um, represented through their city council. And that's why they say, like, if you want to make an, a, a difference, go to your city council, you know, go let them know, hey, Airbnb has been really profitable for me. My house value has gone way up by income projections, you know, cost of, or I'm sorry, by an income analysis alone, that I would think it's great for our city. And I would like to be you know, a positive vote for that. They factor those things in. So it really is important to get your, make your voice be heard. And you really can do anything with it. They can't technically prevent you from doing stuff. Um, and they can, <laughs> it's like they can and they can't. It's a real, like I said, it's a very bureaucratic process, but at the same time, you have certain rights as a property owner uh, but if cert those rights are subject to other entities that might have a higher seniority on the ranking of decision, and sometimes that can be as simple as something like an HOA, which is why I personally like the thought of land with that's unencumbered is to me like just the blank canvas of real estate. Like you can literally do whatever. It you can does smell the freedom. Absolutely, yes, yes. So no HOA. That's definitely what you would suggest to people. If you're going to buy a piece of property with plans to build on it, develop it in some way or shape, first first know who has restrictions on it. So is it are there county restrictions, um, city restrictions? Do you have HOA restrictions? And then once you cross all of those off, then go for it. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so let's say I find a piece of property no HOA out in the country already has electric already has sewage. So I don't need to bring in anything else. Let's say it already has a well. So I'm just check, check, check. Can I go get a, a mortgage? No, because there's no house. I mean, how can I finance this? I, do I have to pay everything out of pocket? I can't afford that. You can technically get a mortgage, quote unquote, but it's definitely a different type of mortgage. It's not an owner-occupant loan. So the question is, how much will the bank lend? Uh, and a lot of times with land, you're looking at putting at least 10 to 20% down. Uh, now, if it's with a well-known builder and they, you know, you're buying a finished product that they agree to finance with the, you know, there's all these 
gray areas where you can get around this. Uh, but basically speaking, you are looking at a heavier down payment, which can be, I think, as low as 10%. Um, but you it can be as much as 50% for an undeveloped or, you know, something that you don't know has sewer or electric to it. It really depends on the lender and what they're comfortable with, but they're comfortable with a lot less when it comes to land. And they want to know what your plan is. And then if you do plan on building, they want to know that you're working with a licensed builder and you're not going to build some like, you know, something that's going to fall apart in a tornado in two years and Mm -hmm. they'll be liable, you know. Can I just tell them I want to purchase it for picnics and general frolicking? You could not use a lender and do whatever you want with your land. You can go buy it cash and do whatever you want. This is amazing, too. So Jefferson County real estate foreclosure auction. I have seen land go for as little as like a couple hundred bucks. I kid Out you in not. Kentucky. Yes. No. Yes. You don't want to buy yourself a headache. If you're not ready to cut the grass on this land every you know, two weeks as needed in the summer in Kentucky, then don't go buy that, buy that lot that just sold at auction for $500. But yeah, I've mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely seen a lot go for $500. And, uh, you know, and it's, what can that, here's some things that you could do with that land. Uh, if you did just buy a land, buy a plot, mm-hmm. um, you could do a community garden. I think you've probably have this in everywhere in america but the leave a book i think is what it's called oh yeah we in uh, colorado we call them little libraries um you could always save and build a house but just know that you're gonna have to take care of the lot in the meantime and that whenever you do go to build you're gonna want to work with an established builder can i get a mortgage on a home that doesn't exist yet like could i ask the bank for a loan to build a house Yes, but that's where you have to go to them and be like, here's my plans. Here's the contractor I'm using. Here's the survey of the property. Here's the architect's drawing. Here's the engineer that approved it with the architecture firm. And, you know, the city has approved my drawing. And then you, they will do sometimes a construction loan. And usually the terms for those type of loans are different. That's where it can be an arm loan, which is an adjustable rate mortgage. It'll be like, okay, we're going to offer you, you know, $80,000 for the rehab. And we're going to give you the first 30 to get started. And then you need to submit your proposals to get the next 50 to fund the final thing. And after five years, the interest rate goes from 3% to 5%. And after eight years, it goes to 12% or something, you know, and they get higher and higher. And the reason that they do that is to encourage you to refinance, you know, like to do use it for its purpose. And then Let's regroup on the property. So in short, is it something that you want to embark on? Possibly. And I think that, you know, who better to ask than a professional that works in a metro government facility, like what the process might be like to change the zoning or do something like that. Amanda Jesse is coming on as our guest expert for this episode. And she works in Louisville Metro's planning and design department. And she does building inspection approvals and denials. She is a great example of the resources that are available to you if Mm. you do decide to embark on that journey. It's not insurmountable. It's just intense. So she's the person that I bring my cocktail napkin to with my mansion drawn on it in crayon. That I hand that to her and she 
says yay or nay. Absolutely. This episode is brought to you by Murphy & Associates, Louisville, Kentucky's best personal injury attorneys. Find out more at louisvillefirm.com. Also brought to you by Clay Venues. 2020 threw everyone for a loop, especially people trying to plan their weddings. If you are one of the thousands of grooms or brides who had to postpone your big day and are now scrambling to find the perfect wedding venue, look no further. Clay Venues is the only urban wedding venue in downtown Colorado Springs, Colorado. They still have availability for some 2021 wedding dates. And did I mention they include all their tables and chairs and have a decor catalog that you can choose from, all included in their affordable pricing. Find out more at clayvenues.com or on Instagram at clayvenues. So I'm here today with Amanda Jesse. And Amanda, tell everyone where you work. I work for Louisville Metro government. I am the building and mechanical inspector uh, for Anchorage, Middletown, and Linden areas here in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, That sounds exciting and also boring at the same time. (laughs) So what is your work like? What does your work day entail? I inspect the um, framing and uh, mechanical work for residential properties, for commercial properties, and even some industrial uh, situations too. So sometimes it can get really interesting and I get to see lots of um, what's out there. Yeah. So you basically get to watch the city develop before your eyes and make sure everyone's doing it correctly. Yes. And I love that because I worked behind a desk for so long and just being out um, in the world just is is really satisfying to me, getting to see everybody's projects actually um, get finished and come to fruition is really, really fun. Absolutely. And you not only have laid a brick every day, but you know the correct way to lay the bricks and the proper inspection of how the building should be built. And so I have come across your desk. Amanda and I are friends uh, from before you worked for Louisville Metro Mm -hmm. after college, uh, met out partying more Mm -hmm. than anything. Yeah. When we (laughs) were allowed to do that. Yes. Back many years ago. Before COVID and before children. Yeah. Probably close to a decade. I don't know. We're aging ourselves, but anyways, (laughs) it was really relieving to see your beautiful shining face in Louisville Metro's planning and design. And that's how I think I like was walking in there one day and saw you working and I was like, Amanda, you work here. And you're like, yeah, I approve all the building things. And I'm like, what, what, what? (laughs) You are the gatekeeper of my world. (laughs) I mean, seriously. So I have, I mean, I, I, hit you and several of the other girls that work there up about questions all Mm -hmm. the time. Yeah. I literally consider you my ace in the hole, your knowledge of commercial, of just buildings and structural components. And then your ability to do a design on top of that is insurmountable. The, (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. (laughs) I love it. Well, it's, it's a lot of responsibility too. You know, I will not downplay that at all. It's like, there's a lot of time and energy put into these things. And I never realized I was going to become the expert on this, but you know, over time. Yeah. I mean, if you work hard enough at something, you become a professional at it. Yeah. Yeah. You literally, they, they will come to you. (laughs) Yes. absolutely. And sometimes you'll want to turn the phone off too. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know, right? You're like, uh, not at this hour, please. Oh yeah. I mean, there's tons of examples that I can go into where people, um, ask me questions about when I need a permit and when I don't need a permit. And, um, you know, if I'm gutting a house versus just a bathroom. Um, so there, I know the residential market is kind of crazy with remodeling right now and maybe it's just crazy, but yeah, there's lots of crazy examples out there. Yeah. Um, you are somebody where I sometimes don't want to tell too much of what I'm doing on a project just because <laughs> I don't want to get caught, you know, not pulling a permit or something. I had a building inspector call me just now, right before we hopped on here, and he was like, he would come in to inspect the HVAC. And he's like, I'm also the building inspector. And I was like, oh, well, as you can see, we did not move any walls. This is all cosmetic. <laughs> like there's been no structural change. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I can tell that. I can tell that. It would, if it were over four, a four foot wall, just so you know, it would need to be permitted. I was like, we have done none of the like, sir. We have done none <laughs> of that. <laughs> Um, but, but, I mean, you you know, know that. Like, but you know that now because you and I have gone over these things like over and over again. And just for people listening, I'm just going to go over the list with you really it, quickly please. is you do not need a permit if you are painting, papering, as in wallpaper, carpet, tile, and cabinetry. So yeah, I would always advise to get a permit if you are putting a little bit more than lipstick on. Okay, so back to our topic for this episode, which is land. Everything starts as land. It's the one thing, the one common denominator that all real estate has. You know, it all is composed of land. So I think it's really interesting and I'd like for you to go over the process that if somebody has a piece of land and they want to turn it into a section eight rental or a warehouse or a community garden or a build a commercial building, you know, uh, or even their next new home, what is the process and how would they get more information on getting started with that process? And let's preface to that. This is, you work for Louisville Metro. Um, this is a loose outline, but every city state, it's going to be different. So check with your local. Yeah, people. check with your Carry local on. agencies. There's some some municipalities that have more hoops and some that have less, but your local government is probably the place to start. Whatever that dream is of whatever for your piece of land, like you want to go ahead and get that on paper. And maybe in your mind you think about like an acre of land and you want to do a couple of things with that. Um, maybe clear out some to build a house and you also want to build a duplex on there. And I know a lot of people are good at drawing and some of them aren't. It really doesn't matter what it looks like, but for, a, for somebody to really start the process, they need to be able to either be, be able to verbalize really well what they want or have it uh, written on a piece of paper. And it's very, I, I've learned from other contractors that it's as simple as taking a drawing in on a napkin. I think people feel like they need to go to an engineer and get this, you know, like really intense drawing to even have the city consider it. And I've found that not to be the case. I've had somebody bring a drawing into me on a paper plate before. Mm, that's a good one. 
<laughs> and I was like, I I don't know if that's the best, but it, it helped bring the picture together. Um, and certainly like <laughs> maybe not to your city you official, but to like your architect or, you know, whoever, it might be helpful. <laughs> so, There's, you got to start somewhere start and it can somewhere. be as simple as that, you know? So we, um, so then we, we take that plan essentially for that acre and then we're going to want to um, seek out a professional, probably a, what's called a, a surveyor, a land surveyor or an engineer, um, somebody that can look at this plot of land and say like, okay, you can build this here um, and really start to bring it to life. Um, so a land surveyor is actually going to come out and measure the, your lot measure the length and the width and give you exact dimensions um, even right down to the coordinates in the world of where your plot of land is it's a very detailed piece of paper and a lot of times your surveyor is an engineer um, and then that that will in my sense like in my world that's kind of like your ticket in like if you have a proper survey by an engineer of laying out exactly what you want to do, that is like the accepted piece of paper um, to get started on your process. So um, just for sake of clearing up, if it because it's a little contradictory to being able to walk in with a piece of paper. But so I think mm -hmm. that it's important to point out that when you do walk in with a piece of paper, sometimes you're starting with the initial like, here's my idea. Mm -hmm. I want to turn it into um, a nightclub. And, the, you know, then it's like, OK, well, in order to even get to start the process where you would need the survey, mm -hmm. we need to make sure it's zoned correctly. Yeah. And that's so, so there's like the pre-application and that's where you can have like mm -hmm. your piece of paper drawn up. Yeah. So. Right. So it, in this sense, like say if on this acre of land, like you want a nightclub to have a restaurant or a nightclub on this on, on your your survey you know, maybe it's your hand drawn one that you initially did, or maybe it's the one that you're talking with your survey about, you're going to put that information on there. Because if you disclose all that information up front, that's going to help somebody get your dream to its full potential um, in the end. So then, yes, then from there, um, when you do go talk to your city planner or city person, um, that's when they would tell you if it's, um, zoned correctly or sometimes zoning needs to change and find your gatekeepers like Amanda. I mean, yeah. you can just go down there and be nice to them, um, you know, and just ask yeah. for their advice. And it's that simple. There, you don't there need are to, people like, down there that are just genuinely helpful and they want to, uh, you know, it's their job to do these things. They genuinely like want to do their job. And they want you to do your job yeah. correctly too. So, you know, it's like, it literally makes it better for everyone when mm -hmm. I have a nice presentation. So yeah, they're and it's very better for helpful. the city as a whole, if it looks better. Right. Right. Yeah. And another thing I was going to say is anytime you make contact with a uh, somebody with a city or somebody that's um, has some, you know, something to do with your project, you have an attorney involved or you already 
know that this is going to be a long process. If you make a phone call, just follow it up with an email or um, don't just like mail something in, you know, without uh, getting like some confirmation of it. Just make sure you always have receipts on everything because essentially um, whatever plot of land this is or whatever address you are working on, you're creating a case and you want that case and that file to always be organized. Mm -hmm. And keep track of who you're talking to and things like that. And they're very, you know, everybody's all on board for that. It's not, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's not not asking anything that's like offensive or anything like that. Yeah. We all want to like be able to talk to each other by our first names and, um, you know, get the, get the project done, get the, the land developed. Yeah. So I had a situation once where it was for short-term rental and I went down there and it, I was potentially going to have to rezone the property and this beautiful managerial lady comes out from behind, you know, and I was ready to, cause that house Breckenridge make, you know, that's my money maker. So I was like, just tell me the process, you know? And they're like, Oh, Oh, it's rezoned. She came out oh. from behind like a curtain, like a red. Pretty curtain. much. It was like, Oh, <laughs> And she's like, actually, this there's nothing that per- prohibits this use in the current zoning. So I'm going to go ahead and allow it because you're surrounded by commercial. I mean, it, I was like, can yes. I get that in writing? And she said, yeah. I literally got down on my hands and knees and kissed her feet. I was like, I love you. <laughs> you just saved so much time and stress and money for me. Like, oh. you are the queen. Yes. Yeah. And that's the feeling I think that keeps us doing our jobs, too, is... um just like being able to when you could shake somebody's hand and just say like congratulations on, on uh, opening your new restaurant on you know getting your business office your healthcare office like getting to open it and getting the funding and doing it all like it's just it's such a powerful feeling and it's yeah. it's addictive Just to touch base on a little bit of the negative side, I wanted to go over some of the liabilities uh, that you could think of that uh, just come with owning land if you like did nothing to it. Like a grass lien. If you have a piece of land that, you know, you never even cut the grass on it, the city will fine you. And that fine will be eventually become a lien on your property that has to be satisfied if you ever go to buy or sell the property. Yeah. Yeah. So living living in a home... Like you are by law supposed to maintain that land to whoever is looking at it. So if a code enforcement officer drives by and they see that you haven't cut your grass for a month, they're going to basically write you a ticket. Um, and your the ticket is like any other like traffic ticket or whatever else. If you don't pay it, like, It'll bite you It'll in the bite ass. You, and you'll get fined on top of it and some of interest. So you just want to be, you want to just be a, a good neighbor always and be able to maintain your yard, but also to like just squash those little bills and things like that, that come up. And maybe it's, it's a lot of times your um, inspector, the code enforcement officer's name, cell phone, email is right there on the violation. So I would encourage people instead of like 
what I hear a lot of people do is like they get pissed off and they rip it up and they crumble it and throw it away and they'll be like, well, I don't know what happened to that thing. I burned it. <laughs> <laughs> I and burned like, it. No, don't do that. Because that piece of paper, that's your chance. <laughs> that's your chance to connect with that person and to say like, hey, I've cut my grass. I've really worked hard on this. Can you come by and check on this? Make sure that I don't run into any more of these issues. I'm a new owner out here and I just want to make sure that I'm following the law. Um, a creative solution I saw where somebody had a an empty lot next to a home that I was flipping. Um, they put a sunflower field in that lot so it like the sunflowers grew it's over at brook and um yeah at brook and ormsby i think yeah okay i've seen Never, a couple of those across now. caddy corner for bird yeah, boy yeah into a garden yes yeah, yeah they tur basically turn it into a garden or but and sunflowers are kind of like you know they just grow crazy and they get really tall but they're beautiful so mm -hmm. you don't get called by the city so i thought that was a creative solution to alleviate some of mm -hmm. the stress of mowing the lawn every year if you have an yeah lot. yeah and i mean i live in a condo so i i i think that like i would have a hard time with that so there's programs out there to like help you get your lawn mowed or somebody teach you how to mow a lawn. Um, and there's all kinds of resources out there for people if they are, are struggling with something like that. And again, call the contact on the lean and you'll, yeah, they'll, there, they'll there's your resource right there. How do I get this done? Like I'm, you know, I have four kids. Yeah. I can't do this or whatever. <laughs> you come cut the grass. Yeah. <laughs> Well, don't approach it like that. <laughs> Here's what not to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, thank you for your time today. And really quickly, just before I let you go, uh, what are what's some advice that you might give to a 26 or so year old person that's getting started in real estate? Investing? Oh man, that's a really good question. So, or a real estate career in any sort, you know, like yourself, I consider you a real estate professional. I hope you do the same, you know, thank you. you well. Thank you. There's so much real estate and it's, there's like, there's a niche in real estate. That's probably like an untapped fountain. You know, somebody's just waiting to uncover. So I would say to anybody that's starting out or in the middle of their career, even if they haven't, um, if they don't know what their local codes are or their, um, you know, when to get a permit, when not to get a permit, I would encourage everybody to look those up and just be familiar with what a code book even looks like. Um, right now, you can go online um, to the International Code Council and your uh, building code, your international building code and your international residential code is on there. It's a free resource. Um, but then if you go to your local municipality, um, like for us, it is the Kentucky Department of Housing, Building and Construction. They are gonna have resources for our local building and residential codes. And just to be familiar with those is like, like your ace in the hole, like you've, mm -hmm. You've are you've got that information, so you already know when you're following and when you're not. <laughs> you know, if you're gonna buy land, the more you know about it, the better. Well, thank you very much for your time. I think I'm so glad that you came on and you have really 
I think portrayed the message to people that doesn't need to be an intimidating process and the sky's the limit. So come up with it and go talk to the city. Thank you so much for having me. I'm sure there's other folks out there who are going to have myriad questions that I didn't ask. Um, So how can they get a hold of us? If you get on your phone and you dial 502-444-LOVE, which is also 502-444-5683, and you leave us a voicemail with any questions that you have, we'll be happy to answer them and get back to you with a specific answer or direction of solution. Um, again, that's 502-444-LOVE. You can call, ask Alex your questions on buying land, how to transform it, what are the risks, any other questions that we may not have covered today, and hopefully clear up some of the mystery. If you want us to name you, then give us a detailed message and we will give a shout out. If you want to remain anonymous, which we absolutely understand, then please feel free to go ahead and ask your uninhibited question and we will address it on air on a bonus episode at the end of the season. Thanks so much for tuning in today, guys. This was a great conversation. Loved getting to hear your convo with Amanda Jesse. That was so enlightening and I really didn't realize how many different facets there were and how simple it can be as well. Yeah, that's a really awesome perspective to have on it is that it is simple. And I hope that everyone takes that away with them today is that you can do anything and it starts with a blank canvas and in real estate, that blank canvas is equivalent to land. Love that. Well, love that. Love the agent. And thank you guys so much for tuning in today. It helps us so much if you would go and subscribe to the show wherever you got the podcast today rate and review us that helps everybody else be able to find us easier if you visit us online at lovetheagent.com forward slash shop we have some of our favorite products available for sale there and next week we will be going over a typical homeowners buy and sell option this will go into detail about how to what to look for if you're looking for a fix and flip for you and your new family to move into and how you can gain equity quickly along the way. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Love the Agent. Bye. Bye. <laughs>